How about it, folks? Are you ready to get it popping? It is Friday. You have made it to the end of your work week, and you are locked and loaded onto the number one source for Alabama football news, notes, and information. Hottest show on the streets, and that being in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating each and every last one of you for tuning in. For today's show, as we bring this to you from Tuscaloosa, streaming this via YouTube, speaking of the channel, be sure to give a thumbs up, like the show, and hit that subscribe button, turning all of those notifications on so that you can have the best in news, notes, updates, alerts, and analysis on your Crimson Tide. We have a lot to get to, we have a lot to unpack, we have a lot to discuss, but as always, we start by introducing the better half of the room, the best better half of the show, the maestro, the man, the myth, the bona fide legend. I know him as John Ivory. John, what's going on, man? Hey, doing great. Uh, shout out to the chat. What's going on? Share the show. We got a great show for y'all today. And we want you guys being a part of the show. And the best way to do this is calling 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard. And once again, that's 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear from you in discussing the Crimson Tide. Going to get a chance to talk to the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, that being one Justin Smith. Going to be awesome to sit down with him as his 2021 class is on absolute fire. But starting this off here with a quick update, the quarterback room for the Crimson Tide getting a little bit bigger here as Alabama added a walk-on in Logan Burnett. No, Logan Burnett at 6'2". 200 pounds, the native of Pelham, Alabama. He went to Bessemer Academy High School, uh, was a solid quarterback during his time there. The 2015 season, his senior year, he threw for 2,752 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, completed 75% of his throws, led Bessemer Academy to a perfect 13-0 season, which ended up in a a state championship for the the program and of course Burnett ended up going to Mississippi State as a preferred walk-on he redshirted his freshman year in 2016 uh, between 2017 through 2019 he played in six career games he made the move to transfer to TCU you know things didn't quite work out with him where the Horned Frogs are concerned so he has decided to play his final year of eligibility at the legendary school of his home state so playing for the crimson tide he understands that he's not going to have an opportunity to play you know at the next level or start at alabama for that matter but you know being a part of this program being a part of um, you know the quarterback room with coach sarkeesian being a part of the roster that's coached by nick saban just getting a chance to contribute help as much as he can and be a part of a team that could you know potentially help him get a national championship ring for college football you know big congratulations there for logan burnett as the alabama quarterback room getting a bit bigger here as it as it adds its fourth you know walk on but as we dive into now Topic number one of the conversation, people, and I've mentioned this, you know, on a few shows back that it's during this time of the year where we start to see these preseason uh, All-America teams, these preseason award watching this, these preseason things. And uh, I know Coach Saban and the players, they don't pay preseason things no attention me, as I'm, you know, yours truly, as I'm in the media, of course, you the fans out there, we can look at preseason things as materials to talk about, stuff to discuss, stuff to conversate on. And after the Walter Camp Football Foundation put out its preseason All-America teams for 2020, Sporting News came right behind it putting out its preseason list, and seven Crimson Tide players landed on the list, including three. 
first teamers, the three first teamers, those three guys being Alex Netherwood, offensive tackle, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, and Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, but he made it in terms of the return game. So starting things off here with Alex Netherwood, a young man that's going into his second year starting at left tackle. He started all, he started the whole season last year at left tackle, did a solid job, graded out at 89% on all of his assignments. He gave up just two sacks the entire 2019 campaign, both of those two sacks coming against Kangavon Chaseon of LSU, but he will look to be even better or to be more improved in neutralizing those speedy edge rushers this season. Leatherwood has played in 28 career games. He started in 28 career games in his career. At six foot six, 310 pounds, out of Pensacola, Florida, the former five star in the 2017 class. We know his story. He came in, filled in, filled in admirably for Jonah Williams at left tackle in the national championship game against Georgia. You know, helping Tua Tungavangoa throw for you know three touchdown passes, including the game winner to Devontae Smith in 2018. He plays at that right guard position, did a fantastic job opening up holes in the run game and also helping Tua have a Heisman-like season despite him being a Heisman and helping to become a Heisman finalist and a consensus All-American. So this year wouldn't be a big year here for Netherwood. When you talk to Devontae Smith, for the longest of time, she was sort of overlooked undervalued, underappreciated, did not get the respect that he deserved. But in the last two national preseason watching this, when you discuss the Walter Camp Football Foundation, and now here with Sporting News, national media is starting to get the gist of, if you don't guard Smitty, he will burn you. If you don't take Devontae Smith seriously, he will absolutely frustrate you, take the top off of your defense, and eradicate that defense. So, as, as we've seen here, Walter Kemp Football Foundation having him a preseason first-team All-American sporting news, having him in that exact same respect. And this past season, a young man from MI, Louisiana, 68 catches, 1,256 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns. He averaged 18 point. 18.5 yard, yards, excuse me, per, uh, per catch, 96.6 yards receiving per game. And Smith became the first receiver since Amari Cooper in 2014 to have two, you know, 102, 200-yard games in a single season, completely, you know, burning up. Ole Miss with a 274-yard performance in LSU, 213 yards receiving in that matchup. So everybody now is keeping their eyes even more so peeled on Devontae Smith, the route runner that he is, the receiver that he is, his ability to work back to the quarterback, the blocker that he is, the full package product at wide receiver uh, being one Devontae Smith. And then Jalen Waddle making the first team of preseason list as well but he comes as a return man and uh, all of the uh, parts of being overlooked or undervalued or underappreciated that Smitty was getting Waddle was getting in terms of the receiver aspect I feel like national media respects him as a return man in the punt return game he was phenomenal as a freshman in 2018 we're talking about he averaged 14 point, you know, six yards per punt return. That was first in the country, first in the SEC, had a punt return touchdown, you know, as a freshman. And then last year, he had 487 punt return yards, averaged 24.4 yards per return, had a touchdown against the LSU. And then the kick return aspect, 175 kick return yards a season ago, averaged 35 yards per return, including a 98-yard touchdown versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl, one of three scores on the day for Waddle. So while national media respects his acumen, in space as a kick returner, punt returner, not really giving him the just due respect as a receiver. And here's a young man that had 848 yards received as a freshman, 560 yards received as a sophomore. He's got 13 
total touchdowns combined in two years at that receiver position in the slot. So this will be his year to prove to everybody, to pop the top on everybody that, hey, don't just respect me as a return man. Put some respect on my name as a receiver. Also, I am the human joystick. I am a lightning in the bottle. I am water baby, water baby, water baby up and down the field on you. So put some respect on my name as a receiver as well. Those will be the statements from one Jalen Waddle, but Alex Netherwood, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, the three first teamers according to the Sporting News preseason All-America team. Now, the second team, guys, and it's a quartet of that group, you've got Najee Harris at running back, Deontay Brown offensive line, Patrick Sertan the second as a cornerback, and Dylan Moses at linebacker. All four of these guys have a lot to prove. They got something to prove this year for the Crimson Tide. Starting this thing off with Najee Harris, we've talked about it. If he can go a full season running the way he ran and the confidence of which he ran against LSU, if he can take that confidence and that style and play an entire season like that, then Najee Harris is going to dominate the 2020 campaign. A lot of people have placed more focus on Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State and Travis Etienne of Clemson. But if Najee Harris can run the way he ran against LSU and catch the ball the way he caught the ball against South Carolina, if he can put both of those entities together and be the complete total package that Alabama fans thought it was going to get, when he came as a five-star from California in the 2017 class, then the young man will be absolutely incredible. But that's uh, Najee Harris. When you talk Deontay Brown, uh, as great as he is as a run blocker, and the young man is magnificent at 6'4", 338 pounds out of Decatur in Alabama. But as great as he is as a run blocker, and the run game picked up, Instantly, when he returned from that four-game suspension last year, he's just as good in pass protection. And this will be his season to prove to where, like Jalen Waddle, you put some respect on Deontay Brown's name in the aerial attack to where he's shielding guys away from Mac Jones in pass protection. For Patrick Sertan II, this is a critical, crucial year for him because everybody is pumping up Derek Stingley of LSU. Everybody's having him as the best corner in the SEC, as the best corner in college football. He's on everybody's preseason first team you know, All-America list. And, and no offense to Stingley, he had a great freshman year for LSU. We're looking at six interceptions that was first in the country, well, first in the SEC, excuse me, tied for third in the country. He had 15 pass breakups, which was first in the conference, even though he got utterly destroyed by Devontae Smith in the game this past season. That's besides the point. First in the SEC in terms of picks and pass breakups. And um, people are high on him. People are high on you know, a guy, one of the guys from Ohio State as well. But for Patrick Sertan II, here is his moment to prove that he's the best in the SEC. He's one of the best in, in college football. He had a strong freshman year. He had a very, he had a solid sophomore year. Could have done more, but a solid sophomore year. This junior year, this is the year he's got to take that next step. This is, a, this is the son of an NFL baller. Pat Sertan Sr. played for the Miami Dolphins, played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got that pedigree. He's passed it down to his son. This is Sertan II. This is Patty Sertan II's year to get this thing done, to put everything all in line, all in pocket. I remember talking with one Chris Rogers, former Alabama defensive back, part of that 2009 national championship team, and he talked about this secondary will go as far as as Sertan goes. If Sertan's a lockdown corner, then this Alabama defense, this Alabama team will go undefeated in the regular season. If Sertan is not a lockdown corner, then maybe you could potentially see one to two losses again here for the Crimson Tide. So this is a big year 
for Patty Sertan. And then last but not least, Dylan Moses, after not playing last year due to injury, he's got an opportunity to snatch everything back, and things are setting up for him to do this in the upcoming season. So all eyes are on him as well. But that's just the first team list and the second team All-American list coming from Sporting News with the Crimson Tide is concerned. But before we take our first break here on the show, we got to welcome aboard our latest sponsor, and that is Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, with their slogan is, Making Memories from scratch. You're going to check out the commercial here coming up shortly, but upon our return, we dive into your phone calls, your tweets, your chats, your questions, your concerns. We're talking Alabama football, and we're getting to it right after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's HeirloomPoundCakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's HeirloomPoundCakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. Oh, man. As we're back in from the break, JP... JP, this uh, this this pound cake from Emily's, man, it's this thing slapping, man. I, you know what? I gotta replace my blood with this pound cake, man. Yeah, this pound cake is really, really good. I got the original slice. What flavor you got over? I got the blueberry lemon, man. I got the lemon blueberry, man. This man, this thing hit. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Emily's heirloom pound cakes, ladies and gentlemen, making memories from scratch. That is their model, but. As we're back into the news, notes, and action here on the hottest show on the streets, in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Friday. It's your time, Bama Nation, 205-448-1358. Then I'm going to call in and let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And we will kick things off with the man, Wayland. Wayland, what's going on, brother? Happy Friday to you. Hey, hey, it's TDA. It's Friday. I'll tell you what. How's everybody doing down at TDA tonight, Stephen? Doing great, man. We just got us a great little taste there of some Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes. And, boy, they are definitely making those memories from scratch. Boy, this, this tastes good. Ah, man, I tell you, I bought some today. And I tell you, making making me want to go in there and get a piece myself. Um, you have to put them pound cakes up. We didn't make drive in there and get one of them. Anyway, I, I, I tell you what, yes, uh, Smitty and, 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 and Waddle, I tell you, they're going to be some great receivers this year, and we're going to have some guys step up. I know it's going to be just as great as they are and maybe better. You never know at Alabama with a talent roster the way it is, uh, Stephen. And uh, we can get four great wide receivers to help Mac Jones. It's going to do nothing but uh, – Gonna put nothing but a ribbon in our hair for the season, Stephen. That's what it's gonna do. I mean, I'm I'm excited for all the guys that made the first team wagon, as you mentioned, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. But I'm looking forward to seeing the motivation that these second team guys are taking here, the guys that are making the second team for these preseason lists. I'm looking forward to seeing how does Najee Harris take this? Can he start the season off aggressive from beginning to end? How Deontay Brown takes it? How Dylan Moses takes it? How Patrick Sertan II takes it? Because people are really putting emphasis on Derek Stingley of LSU. And the young man's a great corner. The young man is a very legit special talent. But this should really, you know, line a fire under Patrick Sertan because, once again, his father played in the NFL. He's got the pro pedigree. And if there if there was ever a moment for Sertan to announce himself as, I'm truly the real deal in the secondary, this season would be that moment. 
Yeah, well, we know we burned him last year, so, you know, that's the way that ball bounces, and uh, no more needs to be said about that. And we want to thank uh, Coach Saban and the team, Mr. Leatherwood, for doing that uh, uh, video also. Uh, that was a great piece, and I saw some people with some uh, negative uh, uh, posts there. Well, we're not going to buy anything else, Alabama. Well, hell, we don't need you. Go on down there to that Cal College, as Coach Bryant used to say, and root for them, I I don't want to get fired up about that. You know, that's what's wrong with our people today. We don't have a screw and a head on their shoulders and use it for nothing but a hat rack, what it is. But uh, I also saw the poll there. What is our best, most familiar uh, memory, our best LSU game we ever had? Now, I've got mine, but I'm going to put you on the spot, Stephen. You put it on, you put it on YouTube. What was your best LSU game? My best LSU game, personally, was the 2014 game with Blake Sims. I'm not going to lie. That game with Blake Sims in Baton Rouge where, you know, it wasn't the great, it wasn't the greatest numbers game from Blake, but when you needed big plays, big hero six, I mean, he stepped up with his legs, with his arm, getting the ball to Cooper and DeAndre White and Christian Jones and the big touchdown in overtime, you know, to win that game 20 to 13. So just for me, I thoroughly you know, enjoyed that 2014 matchup. Blake Sims coming through there. Well, my most favorite one was the uh, 2012 with AJ and, and, and TJ. So that's what our poem is. We've got a lot of people in the queue. It's Friday night. We need to get out of here. Hello to everybody in the chat. Hope everybody's doing well. And the good Lord's willing, we'll be back on Monday. And that's what we've done our poem about, the 2012 game. So here we go, everybody. Y'all have a great weekend. It was November the 4th, 2012, Bama versus LSU in Death Valley. Who would prevail? It was number one Alabama 9-0 versus LSU 7-2. How much grass would L uh, Les Miles chew? The first quarter was light with only a field goal scored. The second quarter was dominated by Bama, who put 14 on the board. The Tiger fans silent. The Bama fans roared. The third quarter was, was fast. LSU scored on the TD. Would it last? The fourth quarter started with 12.58 on the clock. The first TD was to Landry. It was a 14-yard pop. It was now 17-14. Could the Tide find energy to turn the block? Defensive punch after defensive punch, both teams threw. With 51 seconds left, who knew it was T.J. Yeldon who took the swing pass? All the LSU fans knew with that 28-yard TD, the mighty Tigers in Death Valley were through. All right, we'll see everybody on Monday night. Y'all have a great weekend. Don't eat too much at pound cake, Stephen. Bye-bye. You know what, Wagon, I, I appreciate it, but I'm, you know what? I, I'm going to try to not eat too much of this pound cake, but I may end up eating too much of this pound cake. We got another call here in the queue on Friday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Oh, man, what's up? What's up, everyone, man? It's Joe Cleese. Just want to say what's good, Stephen. Doing good, man. I, I cannot complain. It's Friday. I get a chance to talk Alabama football with the greatest fans in the country. I got my main man, John Ivory, on the ones and twos. I can't, I mean, you can't beat that. Hey, just want to give y'all boys, I want to tell y'all fellas, man, I appreciate everything you do, all the work, hard work you put in on these segments, man. I know it costs time, and I want to just appreciate everybody in the chat, all the fellas. Holler at y'all, man. Y'all take it easy. Enjoy your weekend. Roll tight. Appreciate that, Joe. We got a good call in there from Joe here, always a faithful fan here of the show. But speaking of the video that Waylon talked about, JP, we're going to actually play this right now. I, I, I got halfway into it and I had to stop because I started crying and I had to keep a box of Kleenex with me just seeing the work that Alex Netherwood put into writing this piece and for him to get 12 of his teammates to help him out. And then Coach Saban, for all that people say about Coach Saban, one thing you got to say about that man, he is behind his team, he is behind his players, and he is behind what is right. So check out this video, the piece written by Alex Netherwood and the, the teammates and the coach that participated with him. We choose to listen. We choose to hear. And understand others' perspectives. Let's listen. Let's unite. Because all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Until black lives matter. Until black lives matter. Until black lives matter. Because all lives can't matter until black lives matter.
Appreciate you there, John, for playing just a small sample there of that piece, which was written by, you know, Alex Netherwood, Alabama offensive lineman. And it's just awesome because, you know, Wood, Wood doesn't talk much, but he is highly intelligent, has always been that way. And when I found out that he was the one to write that, it did not surprise me because he's he's always been, you know, highly talented, but to have so many players involved from every race, every nationality, every background, and then to have Coach Saban in the middle of that say things like, you know, now is no longer a time to be silent. We have to speak for our sons, for our daughters, for, you know, the people in our community, and having these players step up for fairness, for uh, for equality, for understanding, for knowledge, for awareness. This was a very special piece and very, very proud to see these young men, you know, and Coach Saban put this out. They're showing the unity. And this is kind of the reason why we need live sports this season because just when you think you know a lot or just when you think you know it all, athletics teaches you something that you add to the memory banks you add to your knowledge when you see so many people young men and women come together from so many different backgrounds do they agree on everything no do they argue sometimes yes but they come together because they know we're much so stronger the, together than what we are apart and we're together for one reason for one mission to win games but also to create an atmosphere where the fans can take joy, where the fans can take pride in. So um, we need each other as people now, more so than ever. I appreciate the University of Alabama for putting that together, an outstanding job. We take our next break here on the show, but don't touch that dial. Upon our return, we sit down with the man, the myth, the bona fide legend, Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA to talk the 2021 recruiting class and much more. And we're breaking it down after this. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We are rocking and rolling from the break here, folks, on this TGIF. Thank God it is Friday edition of the show, In My Own Words, with yours truly, your man, Stephen M. Smith. And uh, we go over to the end of My Own Words Hotline. We pick up the man, the myth, the legend, the family affair, Justin Smith in the building, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA. Justin, as always, man, happy to have you on the show, man. Hope you're doing well. Y'all doing well, Stephen. Awesome to have you here on the show, Justin. Well, first and foremost, Alabama got a huge 2022 commitment from four-star linebacker Robert Woodyard. Talk to us about this young man. How big was this? You know, what does Woodyard bring? What does his commitment entail? What is Alabama getting with the four-star in Robert Woodyard? Well, I think this is a great tickle for the Tide's 2022 recruiting class, becoming their second commit in that class with him joining a fellow in-state commit in Jeremiah Alexander, the product of Thompson High School in Thompson, Alabama. So this is a great pickup for the Tide, a big um, big linebacker with some speed and some athleticism, a guy who actually plays football and basketball at the high school level, and he was a pretty effective basketball player. He's an athlete on the football field. During his um first during his sophomore season, he actually lined up at running back um for Williamson High School in Mobile. So this is a very 
versatile athlete that the Tide is getting in the 2022 recruiting class, a guy who could possibly be the top player in the nation in the 2022 recruiting class. Alabama is also a good start when it comes to the 2022 recruiting cycle, already having two guys committed, especially with those guys being in-state recruits. Now, Justin, another piece of big news that came out was four-star running back Amari Armani, excuse me, Armani Goodwin for 2021 out of Hewitt Trustville High School. He got an offer from the Crimson Tide. He was waiting on this offer for a minute now. Now, Goodwin verbally committed to the Auburn Tigers, but in getting this offer from Alabama, does it sway his decision? Could this move him to possibly flip from Auburn to the Crimson Tide, or is Goodwin still sold on his verbal commitment to the Tigers? Well, if I had to guess today, I don't see him flipping his commitment to the Tide. I think he's solid with, uh, with Auburn. He has been committed to that for quite some time now. I think he's pretty solid with the Tigers. Of course, you cannot count Nick Saban out when it comes to him recruiting guys. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, but at the moment, I would guess um, the Tigers will keep his commitment just based off how long he has been committed there, the relationship he has with their coaching staff, and not saying that he doesn't have a relationship with the Tide's coaching staff. They have um, been in contact with them throughout his um, career at Hewitt Trustville High School, but they did take this long to offer him, and I think that's something that a recruit is going to look at. They have they have an offer from Auburn. He's been committed to the Tigers. Um, I don't see Alabama flipping his commitment, but you have to just keep your eyes on it. Folks, if you're just now tuning into the show on a Friday, we got the lead scouting and recruiting analyst, the boots on the ground, the man when it comes down to scouting out these young athletes, Justin Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, talking some 2021 recruiting and beyond. And Justin, a guy that Alabama fans very excited about, Christian Leary, the four-star receiver, out of Orlando, Florida, who's a part of this 2021 class, gave his commitment to the Tide. An absolute burner at five foot nine, 190 pounds. He's got that Jalen Waddle meets Henry Ruggs, the third type of speed. But he also tweeted out he is going to enroll early for the 2021 class in, in January. He's going to be an early enrollee for the Tide, how big is this, not only Leary committing to Alabama, but also making that decision to say, I'm coming early? I think this is huge. I think this shows how firm Christian Leary's commitment is to the Tide. In my mind, I think his commitment is pretty firm. When I got a chance to talk to him off the record, he did talk a lot about um, him really fitting in at Alabama. That's one of the reasons he wanted to he wanted to commit to the Tide. He really likes to fit. He thinks his speed really fits into what the Tide does with their wide receiver. So I think he's firmly committed. I think this shows that he really wants to come to Tuscaloosa in the future. But I think this is big for him um, personally, getting a chance to enroll in January, um, start classes in January, of course, and go through spring practice and um, learn learn the Tides playbook and learn learn to be around the Tides on quarterback room. And I think that's going to be great for him, building a connection with the rest of the Tides coaching staff and their roster early. I think it's unclear at the moment how the Tides wide receiver group will look once he enrolls when you're looking at some of the guys that are currently on the Tides roster. And you look at the way some of these guys may play in the upcoming season and how and the opportunities and the chances of them possibly playing early will become more evident um, in the future. But I think this is big for him personally at this moment. I think it just shows how firmly he is committed to the Tides. Well, one thing for certain here, Justin, is wide receivers coach Holman Wiggins, he's got a lot of talent in the chamber, and he has to be tickled pink to get the opportunity to you know, work with that talent. But, Justin, there was actually a tweet that came out from Kane Williams, another, you know, Crimson Tide commitment, or Crimson Tide, yeah, Crimson Tide commitment. What did that tweet from Kane Williams, what could that possibly entail? Well, I think it previews a huge week for the Tide. As I said on the process on um, Thursday's episode, I'm predicting a huge week for the Tide on the recruiting trail, specifically in the 2021 recruiting class. I have received some information that the Tide will get some good news this upcoming week on the recruiting trail, especially in the 2021 recruiting class. For more on those specifics, everyone can subscribe to touchdownalabama.com. I wrote several articles hinting at what I'm talking about and broke it down in detail. So 
the Tide is definitely getting some good news on the recruiting trail next week. I think Tide fans should definitely be on the lookout. I think it can be a huge week with like, possibly multiple commits for the Tide in the 2021 recruiting class. So I think Kane Williams was hitting that Monday being possibly a huge day for the Tide, and I think that it could lead to a huge week for the Tide on the recruiting trail, specifically in the 2021 recruiting class. After starting off with just one verbal commitment, Deontay Lawson, Alabama, has truly shot up here on this 2021 recruiting cycle. We got Justin Smith here on the line, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. If you are just tuning in, Justin, on last week, you were in Jacksonville, Florida for the Under Armour Underclassmen Camp. I know this weekend you are headed to Georgia. As we've stated, folks, Justin Smith, the man on the ground. He's traveling everywhere, scouting these young athletes. So you're going to be on the road to Georgia. Where are you headed to this weekend, Justin? Which camp are you headed to? And what will entail for this camp? Well, it's the same campus um, I attended in Florida in terms of the um, – Layout in terms of the camp name, the Under Armour Elite Underclassmen Camp, a camp that Under Armour launched ESPN 300, and the Underclassmen Report is putting on a camp where athletes get a chance to get um, measured in different type of drills, specifically combined like drills and that tape and those measurements will get sent out to 63 of the 65 Power 5 college programs. So a lot of these guys who come out and compete in this camp will get will possibly get an opportunity to play Division One football once um, college coaches get a chance to evaluate their film and different things. But I'm going to the Georgia one. Atlanta is always a great area to uh, evaluate some talent. I'm expecting some Good guys to be there, especially guys who already hold offers from the University of Alabama. We got a chance to catch up with a couple of those guys in the Florida, but I think this is going to be a bigger camp in terms of guys who have offers from Alabama and guys who uh, could possibly have offers in the near future with guys from the state of Alabama being at the camp and also guys from the state of Georgia, which are two states that Alabama recruits pretty hard. Well, folks, if you want to know the best on the recruiting trail for Alabama football, you got to get up with Justin Smith on his show, The Process, which comes out every Tuesday and Thursday on the YouTube channel, The Process, as Justin breaks down all of these recruits, scouts them out from A to Z, provides the star ratings, the diamond grade ratings. He is doing his thing, and he's always graciously joining us live here every Friday on the show to touch up the recruiting trail for the Crimson Tide. Justin, be safe on the road. Have safe travels to Georgia, man. Be good. You do the same, Steven. Always fun getting a chance to chat it up with Justin and breaking down Alabama recruiting. But we take another break here on the show. But, folks, we're coming back. Don't touch that down because you're going to get a chance to talk more Bama football with your man. Bring your phone calls, your thoughts, your questions, your chats, your opinions. Let's have a dialogue after this. T-Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back into the action, folks, on the number one source for Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information on a Friday. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And once again, folks, it's, it's your time, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205 448 1358. You can also text with that number, leave a voicemail with that number. And as always, be sure to give a thumbs up, a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, and turn on all of those notifications 
those notifications so that you can have the best in news, notes, analysis, updates, alerts on your favorite football program. But as you are getting your thoughts together here, John, there was a pretty interesting story the other day, and uh, I believe it was Rodney Harrison, former player for the New England Patriots, he compared uh, Eddie Jackson, former Alabama safety Eddie Jackson, who's now with the Chicago Bears, he compared him to Ed Reed, former Miami Hurricane, NFL great, NFL legend, you know, with the Baltimore Ravens and other teams along with Baltimore, and now he's also in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But Rodney Harrison compared Eddie Jackson to Ed Reed and talking about how the body's similar, the body structures are similar, the playing styles are similar, their ability to attack the football, create turnovers, you know, the ball hawk skills, flipping turnovers and the touchdowns. There was a lot of talk from Rodney Harrison comparing Ed, uh, Ed Reed to well, Eddie Jackson to Ed Reed. But before we get more into that, we actually have a call in queue. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's up, Steven? But I cannot complain, man. What's going on? I, I, last week, I, I heard you saying that we need to trust in Pete Golden. Why do we need to trust Pete Golden, Steven? Why do we need to? Why do we need to trust Pete Golden? Good question. Number one is he went in the last season thinking that he was going to have Dylan Moses. He and Dylan Moses from the same state, just about the same hometown area. He went in the last year thinking, I'm going to have Dylan Moses. I'm going to have Joshua McMillan. I'm going to have LeBron Ray. I'm going to have all of these guys for a full season. So when you, before the season even starts, you lose Dylan Moses to a knee injury. You lose Joshua McMillan to a knee injury. So right there, your main two linebackers that you are going to count on are out of the frame. So now as a coach, this takes from your aggressive style, and now you have to go to bringing up two young guys in Christian Harris and Shane Lee who from the jump didn't even think they were going to start. They knew they were going to play. But they were told, hey, sit down, learn from Dylan Moses, learn from Josh McMillan. Like, these are the OGs. You learn from those guys. We're going to put you out there. You're going to get your feet wet, but you're going to learn from those guys. So from going from learning from those guys to, uh-oh, welcome to the world, you demand as a freshman uh, – Kind of a tough pill to swallow for those two, and Golding had to kind of teach those two and keep those two up to speed. So with now Pete having a healthy roster, Pete learning from what happened last year, and now you getting a Freddie Roach in here and a Charlie Strong in here, that's not only going to push Pete, but that's also going to have Pete you know, push himself even harder to not have what happened last year happen again. Okay, Steven, if it, if it all goes wrong, I'm coming at you. Hey, I mean, hey. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we, 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 we can get back to having that conversation again, man, but I just look <laughs> at when you don't have the captain of your defense and Dylan Moses – it's difficult. I mean, we saw how difficult it was because Xavier McKinney had to do it all last year, and he would have not have been yeah, put. True. Go ahead. No, I said that's true. Yeah, McKinney wouldn't have been put in that situation if you would have had Dylan Moses healthy. But, man, I see your point. I understand your point. Appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. All right, roll tight. Definitely appreciating that thought there. Got another call in the queue on a Friday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Live on In My Own Words, caller. Well, uh, feel free to call back. Feel free to call back in. But we appreciate that that first call coming in here about the uh, the defense where Pete Golding is concerned. I trust Coach Golding. Okay, I understand 2019 was not the greatest year. I get that. But when you don't have the leader of your defense, right? When you don't have the guy that taught him the defense and Joshua McMillan, when you only have LeBron Ray for three games. It puts a lot of stress on you because you have to train freshmen each and every week. Now, granted, Shane uh, Christian Harris got better each week. Granted, Shane Lee you know, did some good things, but it, it, it's not like you having Dylan Moses on the field. 
somebody that's played a whole lot of football. It's not like you having Joshua McMillan on the field, somebody that knows the defense backwards, forwards, sideways, diagonally. I mean, Xavier McKinney did a phenomenal job, but I felt like he was put in a situation to where he did more than what he would have liked to do or what Alabama's coaching staff would have liked for him to do, but he had no choice because you got two young guys at the most critical part of the defense, but I think that this year will be a lot better. But we go back to the phone lines here. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Doing well in yourself. Yeah, man, doing well, buddy. Uh, I'm right now, but uh, you know what, man? I did. I, I try to touch on what guys, uh, other guys are saying, man. Listen, I'm trying to bring myself around to could go. I'm not there yet. I'm not. If we all the pictures, I'm not there yet, and I think that's a big reason why Tony Strong is saying. I mean, I, 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 I just, I don't know why I feel, but I mean, it's like inside me, it's like I would feel way more comfortable, but I know, you know, I mean, you know, coaching style-wise, you know, Coach Strong and Coach Saban, you know, get on, get, get on the same page and everything else. I mean, listen, man, Coach Strong, bro, you know the kind of defense he put on the and what I love about Coach Strong is, I mean, man, you talk about a recruiter, but, man, kids gravitate to Coach Strong, but, I mean, they do, brother. They gravitate to him. I mean, and I'm not trying to take up the way from going, but I just sometimes feel like going to over his head just a little bit, man, in the SEC. We appreciate the call, man. I keep listening to us. Appreciate that. We got another call in the queue. You're live on in my own words. What's going on? I can hear you. All right, you're live on the show. What's going on? Yeah, hey, I just, I, I was just talking to you. You cannot hear you. Can't, can't quite hey. hear you there. Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me now, buddy? Okay, I can hear you now. You can hear me now? Okay. I was just talking. I was talking about uh, Coach Dolan, too, man. I said, uh, I said, I'm trying to get myself to where you are, man. I'm trying to get myself to trust you. Even with all the pieces back, man. I mean, but I do think that that's the main reason why Coach Strong is there. Is I mean you know I think I, I feel like he's been told boys you know hey you know I'm gonna give you opportunity at this but you can't get it out and your coach going coach Shaden you know they're on the same page defensive line I mean man hey and not only is he a great defensive mind coach coach Strong but he's an awesome recruiter man I mean so kids love him man they gravitate to him I mean and I'm not trying to take nothing away from Golden and I hope you didn't come around and. You know, like everybody keeps telling me, you know, I talk to Will Saban must trust him, but, well, I think Saban took trust in him so far this year. Appreciate the call there. My thoughts are on Coach Gold. I mean, Coach Gold is going to be okay. I mean, he, he's going to be fine. We got another call here. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Stephen M. Spencer Reeve. How are you doing, sir? Doing just fine on a Friday and yourself. Just wonderful, sir. I, I just wanted to try to bring everybody up a little bit. Everybody's worried about our secondary, worried about Pete Golden. Hey, this is a whole new different year. The biggest thing that we had last year, we had so many injuries. We had no backups whatsoever to come in because we were playing the backups. This year, we got everybody healthy. We're going to get rushing up the middle. We're going to get rushing off the edge. Only thing our secondary has to do is stay on them for about five, ten yards, and we got them. What do you think? I mean, Spencer, that's what I've been trying to get everybody to understand. I mean, you've said it in less words than what I've been saying, but you got everybody back healthy. The players that were forced into action last year have a whole year's worth of experience. If you get 
If you get Patrick Sertan playing good football from either an outside corner or a nickel corner spot, just everybody follows their responsibilities. You get the press you need to get. New Alabama's defense is going to be fine. You brought Charlie Strong in to help, and he will do a phenomenal job. If Coach Saban feels like, you know, Pete Steele not quite getting it, then we'll see a move from Coach Saban. But I feel like Coach Saban sees a lot of himself in Pete Golding. He understands last year was not completely on him. I'm looking forward to seeing what Golding does in the upcoming season. But, uh, Spence, we appreciate the call, man. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that call that coming from Spence. We also have another caller, and you guys are lighting this up on the show. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's going on, Stephen, man? This is Sean from Huntsville. What's going on, dog? Nothing much, man. I wanted to give my quick take, you know, uh, on Pete and the defense and uh, try to give you both sides of it. You know, I got to give you my perspective. I'm fortunate enough to coach this game, and I might see it a little different than most fans. But you, I think the last caller was, was uh, you and him kind of hit the nail on the head, man. I see both sides of it. You know what I mean? I, the, the first thing I see is, to those that don't know, if you lose a middle linebacker, not just a middle linebacker, the captain of your defense, the defensive signal caller, if you lose this guy, Dylan Moses, okay, that's bad for any team, right? But if you no. lose both your middle linebackers, both of them, that's catastrophic for any team, whether it be Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, anybody. But this is what's worse than just losing both of them. You have to replace them with two true freshmen, not redshirt freshmen, to those that don't understand the difference. Redshirt freshmen have been in the program for a year. They're just like sophomores. They just redshirt on the field, meaning they have four year, five years to play for. So what that means is they're really sophomores in the classroom but freshmen on the field. These guys were in high school the year before that. So to ask two true freshmen to walk into a Nick Saban defense and start is is I can't even explain to people how difficult that is. To I, mean, that, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's 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 stressful. Yeah, man. Look, I, I cannot explain to people. If you have a job right now, think about it. You just started a brand new job tomorrow, and they ask you to be the supervisor. You got to learn it right then, right there. I mean, that's how difficult it is. So, but I what but the part that I do that I didn't like about Pete Golding is. And the reason why I think he brought Charlie Strong in, because I saw this too, though. I think the scheme, schematically, Coach Saban understand exactly what was going on, man. He understand exactly what was going on. But the part that I didn't like, man, we had several, several. I didn't like the scheme management. I didn't like the personnel management. We had 12 men on the field way too many times. What that tells me is, as a defensive coach is he was getting discombobulated from play to play and didn't know his personnel. Now, that happened to us several times last year in the most inopportune time. We get a penalty for 12 men on the field. That's not the player's fault. That's personnel grouping management for situational management. So that's on the coach right there. That's why you're seeing Coach Saban over there losing his mind. But the good thing about it is in the first couple of years, Coach Kirby was with Coach Saban. He did the same thing. We had several penalties. It's hard, man. It's hard from play to play and situational, situational to lose both middle linebackers and then in that defense, which is a 3-4 defense, your, your, your defensive tackle, well, in that defense, the nose tackle should be the most important guy. And he was a freshman, DJ Dale. So I'll tell everybody we'll be fine. I promise you guys we'll be fine. Those guys will have another year experience. The starters from last year will be back. If we stay healthy, we'll be just fine. You guys hit the nail on the head, and you was completely right. Appreciate the call, man, as always, man. Keep listening to us. No problem, brother. Thank you. We're going to go to another break here, folks. You guys have been lighting us up in the phone lines. Continue to light us, up, light us up also with your thoughts in the YouTube chat as well. When we come back from the other side of the break, we touch on one Dylan Moses and why he has to be the one to carry the mind of Nick Saban. Very interesting topic, and we'll get to it after this.
If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Back inside the action, folks, from the break on the hottest show in the streets. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Friday. Want to appreciate or thank every last one of you out there for making this your show. Lighting this up with your phone calls, with your chats, with your viewpoints on Crimson Tide football. If you've been trying to get in and you haven't been able to, feel free to leave a voicemail. Please leave a voicemail. You can leave a voicemail by calling the same number. 205-448-1358 once again the number 205-448-1358 your voicemail will be read on the show so if you've been trying to get in and you have been able to don't fret leave a voicemail we will get to your thoughts questions concerns on the crimson tide but we get into now a very intriguing topic here john and sometimes the best ideas come at the most random moments doesn't matter what you're doing the best ideas come at the most random moments i'll take myself for example for me i got probably the best show topic idea last night as i'm eating a deep dish deep crust pizza DiGiorno pizza i'm just deep into a DiGiorno pizza and a great topic idea just hit me you know, square in the face. And as I go to kind of put it down on paper, I, th- I thought about this. In the national championships that Alabama has won under Nick Saban, there's always been that one player that carried the mind of the head coach, that carried the mind of Coach Saban. Saban recruits great players. Loves all those guys. He recruits great players. He scouts out great players. He has great talent on the roster every single year. But there's always that one guy that carries the mind of the head coach, and it and they put and it pulls everybody else with it. Even if it doesn't want to be, even the players don't want to be pulled. That player pulls everybody else along, you know, with him. It's kind of like. Michael Jordan and the uh, the Last Dance, the Bulls documentaries, with the Bulls documentary, you know, Michael Jordan was that one player that carried, you know, that mindset and he pulled everybody, you know, with him. But just uh, just thinking about this here for a moment, the guy that's going to have to have the mind of Nick Saban is going to be, you know, one Dylan Moses. And, uh, you know, the reason why is he's back from injury. He and Everything is set up for him to do this, right? Because not only is he back from injury, he's been on second team preseason All-American list. You know, Coach Saban went out there and got his two coaches that he worked with in high school out of IMG, David Ballou, Dr. Matt Ray, even on top of that, you know, all the guys around him healthy. A healthy Shane Lee, a healthy Christian Harris, a healthy Joshua McMillan, a healthy DJ Dale, a healthy LeBron Ray, a healthy Christian Barmore. I remember Urban Meyer sat there and said this on Fox, on college football and Fox Sports that Alabama losing Dylan Moses was the equivalent of when Ohio State lost Nick Bosa. And that's big praise right there because Nick Bosa's a bad dude. And you saw when Ohio State lost him, the Buckeyes couldn't quite function. So in that same way, when Alabama lost uh, Dylan Moses, it could not quite function. And here was somebody that was ready to be the leader, ready to take on the notion of running a defense. So him being back, he's got to take on the mind 
of Nick Saban, much like guys like Rolanda McLean and Donta Hightower and C.J. Mosley and Jonathan Allen and Minka Fitzpatrick, all of those guys were around great players, but all of those guys, they carried the mindset of Coach Saban, not putting up with no mess, not putting up with no playing around. They were about that business. They were about taking care of things on the field. Dylan Moses has to carry that mindset of Coach Saban taking care of things on the field and everything is set up for him to do this in the upcoming season as he intends to snatch back all that he lost from the injury. But folks, if you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on Alabama football, you can get this from downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You get this from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you have the Android phone. For all of your audio listening needs, we got you covered here on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. We've got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I return on Monday to continue Bama football. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value those husbands. Children do those things legitimately now to not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, spending my own words.